please enjoy this classic clip from the I Love Gringo Letters Patreon archives. Hey, you guys. Welcome to I Love Gringo Letters, the podcast where we talk about the letters to the age newspapers, television and radio lift out the Green Guide. I am Steel Saunders and I do love those Green Guide letters. They're exciting. We're on the podcasting couch is, and we're podcasting which is why we purchased the couches in the first place. Right. We have got two returning letter lovers. Uh, both have been missing in action. We have missed them. Uh, that wouldn't even be on the current feeds anymore. So it's great to have them back. We have got podcast extraordinaire, one of Australia's finest comics, and a great friend, which is the greatest credit of them all, <laughs> said no one. It's Justin Hamilton. That's actually how I had myself introduced at the Comedy Store. Uh, you may have seen him on Spicks and Specs or Good News Week, but more importantly, very good friends with Steel Saunders. <laughs> and invariably, the gigs went better. It's, it sells tickets. <laughs> it sells tickets. Our other guest, another returning letter lover, who uh, you would probably know from his uh, hilarious and informative SBS documentaries, now a pub author with his new book, Murder in Mississippi. Welcome back, G'day. Jonathan Safran. Thank you very much for having me back. It's great to be had. I was doing a bit of research uh, like, and had a look at your uh, previous engagements and employment. You used to write advertising sizzle for SeaWorld. Yeah, that's true. Give us some of your work. <laughs> well, I, I, I worked out of university. I worked at, as a copywriter at this ad agency called Cleminger. And one of the things I did, no one liked doing jingles because it was considered like not posh and like everyone wanted to be the Quentin Tarantino of Ad World and shoot beautiful black and white. And there was yeah. all these crappy jobs Every, in advertising. Everyone wants to come up with their Nike, just do it. Not yeah. Their, not their leisure land or the fun of the fair. <laughs> yes. well, also, I like the idea that they were making adverts that were told uh, chronologically incorrect as well. <laughs> <laughs> And so the, the the things that no one ever wanted to do was radio ads because no glory in that, and also jingles. And I, I so I was like, yeah, I don't mind doing that. And but I don't know how to write music, so I used to have to hook up with this guy, <laughs> this guy who was a musician called uh, Oh my God, how come I can't remember him? Anyway, I'd go over to his house, and I'd literally like hum and sort of whatever. I'd like hum and sing just like a regular person with no tune and then he da 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 out on the out on the keyboard and that's how we'd get the jingle. <laughs> so Sea World the most amazing world of all There's a world where sea lions rule the sea jungle Where the lost and found department is the Bermuda Triangle. There's a, wo- there's a world where water slides, uh, um, more like waterfalls. Sea World, the most amazing world of all. So I did that one. Right. <laughs> well, we all remember that one. <laughs> but I once cheated, but they could tell because we we had this client village, and they, they're the ones who own Sea World, and they they own this thing called Hide and Seek, which was this kids kind of play park. And I had to write the jingle for that. And all I did was get um, I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and then scan. Because I, I didn't know anything about bars and beats. So I just scanned like the syllables of I Love Rock and Roll and then changed the words. And then, you know, I love hide and seek. 
So climb another time on the big slide, baby. I <laughs> love hide and seek. When won't you get into that? And and so like I tried to get away away with it, like that I'd come up with something different. When really it was just that. God, you truly are the Don Draper of your time. <laughs> you know what, what? What I think is that also it illuminates the fact that when you were in high school, you were not into song parody, were you? Yeah. Oh, you were. Oh, I, I loved Weird Al. Yeah, so yeah, much. yeah. Song parody is always a good way to kind of learn how to how songs uh, play out. And well, I, that, that's where I got it wrong. This is how bad I am at this music. I loved Weird Al and I tried to write my own. I didn't realise you had to like match the syllables. Right. So I once did Losing My Pigeon to Losing My Religion. Right. And I got criticisms because they're saying you can't like religion <laughs> pigeon. pigeon. Yeah. And I was like, it doesn't matter, it rhymes. But then like later on I realised it does matter. But it was too late then. What kind of world do we live in when there's criticism of song parody? <laughs> do you know how much I like song parody? I did a Weird Al tweet just yesterday with Lou Reed's death. Right. Where I said, how did Weird Al, Weird Al not do take Ewok on the right wild side? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Lou Reed R.I.P. <laughs> That'd be good. Just like instead of... Uh, you could, you know, you could Photoshop in and Return of the Jedi when, yeah. when C-3PO is telling the story. Just have Lou Reed in that little yeah. uh, you walk that on the Ewok wild side. That's what that movie lacked. <laughs> like Lou Reed. <laughs> A sweet parody. And now you're, uh, you've become this generation's Atticus Finch. Yes. With uh, Murder in Mississippi. Correct. And I was having a... I, I, I haven't had time to... Uh, I know Jackie, my girlfriend, is enjoying the book. And I, I was having a quick flick through. And it includes... This is just... This is some sizzle just... This is just one page opened up. It included the line, My hat is pulled down like Matt Damon trying not to be noticed. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, yet it's not in the the fiction section of the bookstore. No, non-fiction. True crime. I just mean because of the Matt Damon Ah, lookalike deal. (laughs) You know, uh, you should be uh, giving two thumbs up to whoever's promoting your book because I've seen it everywhere. Like uh, in in, uh, windows, uh, uh, prominently displayed at bookstores. So that's good. Yeah, it's really, you have to be a bit of a door-to-door salesman. Like I I just walk into bookshops like for a month leading up to it and just like introduce myself. Right. It was like, I've never, because that's not my personality. I'm not like this, hey, hey, or whatever. But I just thought I'd work so long on it. I don't want to, I don't want to, I've just got to like break a bit bit like I've got to cross the dance floor and ask that girl to dance or else I'm going to hate myself. Yeah. I'm just going to walk into this bookshop. And I had, you know, I, I had the cover uh, on my iPhone, so I could right. kind of make it look a bit casual. I said, oh, hey, I've got a book coming out. I was wondering. And <laughs> yeah, and I just, yeah, I just went around to every, pretty much every bookshop in Melbourne and did that. Are you going to be doing, uh, what will work in your favour as well is, uh, you know, like, have you seen sometimes authors at functions, you know, they're doing interviews with them and, and, and they're just, they're so awkward. But uh, you've done a lot of public speaking and you have... Uh, uh, that persona, will you be doing a lot of, uh, I can't think of the word, not conferences, but... Uh, <laughs> like a reading. Reading. Like reading and stuff I'm, like that. I'm doing, I'm doing a show where, oh. I, where I kind of show some of the footage of Mississippi and also like the 
instigating incident in the book is this prank I played on a white supremacist. Yes. Whilst filming race relations that the ABC would never put to air. Right. So it was, it's, so it was like cutting room floor. And then a year later, the white supremacist I prank gets killed. Anyway, that footage never been shown. So I've got like a monologue, which includes showing the banned footage. Yeah, right. So that's exciting. By the way, if you ever pull a prank on me, I will make certain it's aired because <laughs> those people end up dead from what I hear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was, uh, and how long did it take you to write this? I was there for six months researching and, I guess, writing in Mississippi, not really knowing what I was... I mean, sort of knowing. I don't know what I... I don't, whatever. Then, <laughs> then back here, it took about a year and a half to write. But I was doing other stuff and I was... You know, it wasn't like I was waking up at six every morning. So yeah. my next one will be faster, publisher, if you let me do another one. Yes. <laughs> Send this podcast straight to them. Although authors have such a bad reputation that you think you're like you're feeling guilty and think you haven't handed in on time, and then you hear the other stories, and it's like right. you are great, you know, compared with the the rest. You know, so also uh, I've been uh, the first and second drafts. You hear about them being sent in, and they're almost incoherent, and and they can still get picked up as well. Yeah, I, I wish I had one more draft right. to, to to do. How many did you end up doing? Oh, it's kind of it's always a bit sloppier than that. Like you write half the book and then go back to the start, start and yeah, then yeah. do chapters a few times, but get like heaps of drafts, really. Yeah. And um, are you going to do an audio book? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I asked Penguin, and they said they they come up with this elaborate story. Oh no, no, no! No one ever does audio books. No, no, no. But honestly, they they do. I think they're just like not with me. Yeah, <laughs> I know because you've got a very distinct voice that's yeah. that's very yeah. well known. You, when I started re- flicking through the book and reading, I read it like it's your voice talking. So why not just take out the middleman and 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 get you in my head? Yeah, that's probably good for this sort of book because I, Richard Dawkins' God Delusion is like a rant, and I li- listen to that as an audio book, and it's really good because you know it's him going, but obviously being a bit more intelligent. And less lispy than me, but anyway, yes, it'd be, <laughs> I agree. I, I, I'm going to go. Although people have said the opposite, they've said I can. It's so good. It's so refreshing to not have to hear your voice, John. Right? <laughs> it's like this weird so, right. someone who likes me enough but doesn't like my voice but likes me for some other reason. Yeah, yeah that's all right. You're not yeah. forcing them to listen to yes. it. But you should you should just record it and uh, and uh, put it out yourself. Maybe drunk. I like the things you say Just not how you say them Yes I like the idea of you doing it drunk Maybe you could even bring in a bit of 12th man skills as well That would be good Now listen Chapter 7 How about we love some uh, I've got some classic uh, Green Guide letters here From the vaults That we've pulled open I had to uh, You have no shortage of letters Jonathan Safran No shortage of references Which is a key to getting letters in the Green Guide is the word puerile. And, and, and you cross the puerile boundaries frequently. But uh, I think we read those ones out when you're on the live episode way back uh, in episode, I think it was 19, uh, a couple of years back. But uh, how about this one? This one is uh, from the 4th of July, 2002. And this one's called Lighten Up Ross. Ross Warnicky's whinge about John Safran's music jamboree is simply proof to me that Warnicky and his elk can't handle the Mickey being taken out of them. I'm a 47-year-old family man, and I found Safran's smart-ass hotchpotch, to quote Warnicky, enjoyable. My only whinge is there's not enough of these cheeky types of programs. Bill O'Connor, 
Fitzroy. That's very nice of him. He, thank, he, thank you, Bill. How old would he be now? Now he'd be... He'd be almost 60, which I found when I got this letter out disturbing. Because I remember the show when it was on television and it's like, God, Bill's really... You, know, he's, you reckon he still, still lives in Fitzroy? I would like to think he does. I'd like to think he, he voted Greens as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm projecting a lot of love onto him. <laughs> well, Bill's property value has skyrocketed <laughs> yeah. in the past 12 years. So yeah, Bill could probably afford to put on some cheeky stuff. Uh, <laughs> some more cheeky hodgepodge. But uh, what, what, what's it like with you know, like a guy like Ross Warnicky or your Jim Shembrys? Like, do you want that sort of person to... That, that sort of, you know, very, um, I don't know, sort of conservative reviewer to get into your shows or um sometimes it's fun yeah like those ones well that that seems fun i i I kind of remember as long as you get positive affirmation too those things are fun Mm -hmm. so if you have like bill and a few other people going oh your show's like really funny or whatever then it's kind of cool having the finger wagger from the herald sun wagging his finger but if you just get people hassling you and you've got no good feedback then you get moopy and mopey. Yeah, getting getting the bad feedback early before the good feedback can can kind of take the shine off the good feedback too. And then the 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 also if the ABC or SBS starts taking it seriously, which they sometimes do, that's when it, you like roll your eyeballs. Like you know, you're saying for God's sake, they just need to. That's their job is to start trouble and whine, and our job is to not care. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes a, a really sweet bad review from a guy like Ross is a call to arms for the fans to then start, you know, tearing them up. You're not a review reader at all, are you, Justin? Have you, have you, of, of my work? Yeah. I went through, I probably didn't read any reviews of mine for about three years, four years, and it was bliss. It was pretty good, actually. And then, uh, then the last comedy festival show that I did, uh, I produced myself and yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. That's the, that's the only thing I don't like about producing myself is that then you have to be kind of across things because mm. then you use it to continue the self-promotion. But uh, I always find a good review can maybe give you a self-inflated sense of worth and I don't need that. And a, a bad review can make you start to concentrate on things that just aren't worthwhile concentrating on. So I, I'll, I'll take criticism. I don't mind criticism, like if it's... Uh, you know, it's people that I know or people that I respect. But if it's someone who, you know, uh, their job is the, the garden section of the Herald Sun reviewing my stand-up <laughs> comedy show, I don't give a fuck what they think. It didn't blossom the way I'd hoped. Yes. I don't come into their garden and say, what the fuck's going on with these aphids? Two stars. And then they say, there's no aphids here. And I say, I don't know. I'm just reviewing. You know, <laughs> So that, that's why I avoid most reviewers. You go to review their garden and you talk about like the weather outside. Yes, yes. Which is... Which is the start of every great Herald Sun comedy review. <laughs> if, if, if you like overcast days, this is the show for you. <laughs> I, I, I did see a review. Uh, um, uh, who was it? Anyway, someone, pretty much half the review was describing the venue. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. You were you're quite angry with that last time. I was very angry about that <laughs> yeah. last time. I continue to be. Was that, that wasn't your show, was it? Uh, I've had those. Right. I've, I've had I've had a sweet venue review. A sweet venue review, which would be awesome <laughs> if for for a TV review, if it's like um, the, the couch was comfortable, um, the coffee wasn't that good. It's like it's your fucking house, mate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think I think with the internet, you just have to somehow, if you're in the public eye, work out a way to 
emotionally adjust that people are going to diss you. There's no yeah. way around it. Yeah. Because it's just going to happen. Laws of probability. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed that classic I Love Green Guide Letters clip. Now, here's the deal. We keep the last 25 new episodes free on the feed for anyone to download. But to dip into the archives, I invite you to check out the I Love Green Guide Letters Patreon page. Patreon is a really easy way for content providers like myself to reward listeners for supporting the podcast. And just for $3 a month, I give you complete access to our hundreds and hundreds of back episodes. You can download or listen to them on patreon.com or you can paste a quick and easy code into your podcast app of choice and download every episode just like a regular podcast. Along with the classic episodes for Patreon supporters, I also record the bonus After Letters show where myself and previous guests answer listener-supplied questions that, of course, go off into unexpected tangents. It's a really fun format that has become a favorite with our Patreon supporters. So the link is in the show notes of the very episode you're listening to now, or you can check it out at patreon.com forward slash I love GG letters. And then you can enjoy all the classic episodes featuring the likes of Will Anderson, Dave Anthony, Ronnie Chang, Santo Chilaro, Arthur Coma, Paul Dempsey, professional wrestler Mick Foley, Tom Gleason, Libby Gore, Tiffany Hall, Peter Hellier, Darren Hinch, Jonathan Holmes, Pete Holmes, Claire Hooper, Anthony Jeselnik, Jamoan, Samuel Johnson, Ed Cavalier, Andy Kinler, Kate Langbrook, Limo, Dylan Lewis, Sam Mack, Mark Marin, Tony Martin, Luke McGregor, Ryan Maloney, Lawrence Mooney, former Green Guide editor, Andrew Murphy, Dave O'Neill, Celia Bacola, Sam Pang, Charlie Pickering, Randy the Puppet, Gareth Reynolds, Adam Richard, John Safran, Sam Simmons, Brody Stevens, Tim and Eric, Josh Thomas, Dave Thornton, Ash Williams, Merrick Watts, Adam Zwar, and you get it, quite obviously, so many more. Your support is so appreciated and also needed to help finance the future production of I Love Green Guide Letters. So just to recap, last 25 episodes, always up for free for anyone to download. But if you want to go into the archives, it is just $3 to support the podcast for the month. If you so wanted, you could pay $3, download all thousand plus hours of podcasting and that's it, but we would love for you to stick around and continue to support the podcast and enjoy the ongoing bonus episodes. Thank you guys so much. I am Steel Saunders and I do love Green Guide Letters and our beloved Patreon supporters.